0: You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. It is great to be back with you all after a couple weeks off. Happy New Year to you all, and I hope you all had a great holiday. Excited to get back in the swing of things here with Full Steam Ahead, and that starts with an exciting episode on asteroid research that is happening at Purdue University and its connection. And with that is my privilege to welcome into the podcast from Purdue, uh, Assistant Professor Dr. Michelle Thompson. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. Thank you for taking the time to be on. It's exciting to hear about another connection to space and everything that Purdue uh, embodies in research and all this. I'm excited to have you on and just learn some more things about asteroid research.
1: It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, let's let's let, uh, start off letting our uh, listeners and viewers get to just know a little bit about you. Tell us about yourself, where you're from, how you got to Purdue, and your role there.
1: Yeah, my name is Michelle Thompson, and I'm an assistant professor in the Department of Earth, Atmospheric, and Planetary Sciences at Purdue. And so I am a planetary scientist, and my specialty is studying planetary materials, which is just kind of a fancy way of saying space rocks. (laughs) Uh, So I analyze samples from other planetary bodies like the moon and asteroids. Um, And I come to the US from Canada. I'm actually originally uh, from Canada and did my undergraduate degree up there and then moved down to uh, the US for grad school. And before coming to Purdue, I worked at NASA Johnson Space Center for a couple of years.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Another NASA connection. Cool. And yes. how long how long you been at Purdue?
1: I've been here since uh, August of 2018, so about two and a half years now, although the last year has made it feel a little bit longer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. No kidding. Well, awesome. Welcome to the Boiler family. And uh, again, like I said, the top is exciting to have you on and learn some more about this. I want to start off kind of talking about this team that you're a part of, the science team, the Hay- Hayabusa 2. Uh, tell me what that team is and what you guys do.
1: Yeah. So the Hayabusa 2 mission was a mission. Uh, well, it's still going. That was uh, is run by the Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency, or JAXA, and they traveled to a near Earth a carbonaceous asteroid, which means they think it has organic molecules. They did a bunch of measurements of the asteroid while they were orbiting for a couple of years, and then they collected samples and have returned those samples back to earth in early December. So I'm a part of the science team, which means I'm one of the scientists that uh, works on the mission. And my role is to study those samples now that they have
0: returned back to earth. Wow. Cool. And talk about those. It's, uh, is that part of this, uh, the, the asteroid Ryugu, is that what this is that you're talking about? Yes. So the
1: target asteroid for the mission is asteroid Ryugu and the (laughs) mission collected samples twice. So they collected them from two different areas and uh, they brought back what looks like um, thousands and thousands of particles and small rock chips that we'll be able to study here in the lab on Earth.
0: Wow. And you talked about uh, in this article I read that Purdue put out that you guys believe these have organic molecules. Talk about what that is and what that means.
1: Yeah, so uh, this is very exciting because this mission is the first uh, sample return from uh, what we think an asteroid that has organic molecules on it. So when I say organics, I don't mean like You know aliens and little green men or life or anything Uh, these are really carbon bearing molecules uh, but they're important to study because asteroids haven't really changed over the course of the four and a half billion year history of the solar system so these organic molecules are the same organic molecules and carbon bearing things that were around when the solar system started. And we think that these types of molecules might have made their way to Earth and helped seed life on our planet. And so understanding you know where we came from and and what uh, organic molecules were around at the beginning of the solar system is very exciting.
0: That is cool. I think you touched it a little bit on it. I want to go back just a little bit. Talk about how those samples are collected and then how you get them back to a lab here on, the, on Earth.
1: Yeah, so for the Haibusa 2 mission, uh, they collected samples by very slowly approaching the surface of the asteroid, and they would touch very gently on the surface, and then they fired a bullet into the surface of the of the asteroid, and that kind of disturbed the material and, and sent some of it shooting off the surface, and they collected that material um, in their sample collection chamber. And they collected two uh, samples from two different regions of the surface, which is very exciting, so we'll be able to compare from different. In areas of the asteroid, um, and you know, people are asking, well, why didn't you land on the asteroid? And you could have, you know, scoop things up or or uh, something like that. But you have to remember, these asteroids are pretty small, and so you're in a microgravity environment. It's not like landing on the moon or landing on Mars. So you have to be really creative with the ways that you can uh, collect samples in these environments.
0: And talk about w- what going up there and collecting it. is. It just a, a machine a-
1: yeah, it's a it's a spacecraft. Um, so it's it's a robotic spacecraft. There aren't any humans on it uh, <laughs> reaching out and grabbing things, uh, but and it's got this arm that sticks out and and touches the surface and collects material.
0: Awesome. And then talk about um, once those are back, you obviously you want to try to study these in a lab and you I assume want to try to recreate as much as possible, you know, an, an atmosphere that's like space. Talk about trying to recreate a, a, a space weathering situation here on earth
1: yeah so the the kind of area that i'm really interested in is understanding how surfaces of things like asteroids or the moon uh, are altered because here on earth we've got An atmosphere we have a magnetic field that protects us from a lot of the harsh environment in space but places like asteroids or the moon they don't have that protection and so they are constantly being bombarded with dust particles that are impacting the surface they have really energetic particles that are coming off the sun constantly in the solar wind and each of those processes can affect the chemistry it can affect the minerals that we see on the surface and so i study that process which is called space weathering Uh, And while I would love to get samples back from every single uh, planet uh, in the solar system or every single asteroid, that's not realistic. And so we do experiments in the lab in order to be able to simulate these processes with all different types of materials. So the the solar wind, those energetic particles coming off the sun, we can simulate that using ion irradiation and ion gun in the lab. And then to simulate these really high velocity dust impacts, which melt things and vaporize things, uh, we actually use a laser and we shoot a laser at some of these rocks and uh, it does some of the same processing like melting material and gives us information about how that process might
0: work in space. Wow, that is super cool. Uh, cool. That'd be Really fun to be a part of and talk about how many people are in there in the lab with you. How many are on your team helping you with this research. So
1: right now I have four graduate students um, and they're all working kind of in different areas. Some of them are working on samples that'll be really relevant to the Hayabusa 2 mission. Others are working on lunar samples. Some are working on different types of meteorites. Um, And then I'm a member of the Hayabusa 2 science team, which has You know, dozens of people that uh, that team is put together by they want to build a nice, well rounded team with a lot of expertise to study all the all the different aspects of this asteroid and these samples. So uh, looking forward to those samples coming back and working on those with the team.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, you got your team there of four plus you there at Purdue. There are other teams at other universities or other labs across the country working on this as well, I assume.
1: Yeah, across the world. Uh, So now that the samples are back, um, we are waiting for them, uh, the the core team in Japan, to do their kind of preliminary analysis and, you know, uh, distribute the samples to all the various sub teams and and to do the science we're all so excited about.
0: Awesome. And as you guys are doing this, will you be releasing findings as you go or is there a report that comes months, years later? How does that work?
1: Yeah, the, I'm expecting probably the first uh, results from the core science team will be coming out early next year, so about a year from now. Uh, that will give time for all the different sub to kind of have a first look and see what's going on with these samples. But the beautiful thing about missions that return samples is that the science goes on, you know, in perpetuity. Uh, if you think about it, the Apollo missions returned samples in the in the 60s and early 70s, and my graduate students are still studying samples that no one has looked at before. Mm-hmm. So returning samples to Earth, you know, provides decades and decades of opportunities for, for new science.
0: That's really cool. Awesome, look forward to seeing those uh, things kind of come out over the next year and years to come. That's mm-hmm. always exciting to follow up on, on research, you know. Uh, I kind of want to go back, let's go back before you joined all this, kind of what got you interested in in studying all of this?
1: Yeah, so I did my undergraduate in Canada and I was in kind of a traditional geology program. So studying earth-based systems, earth rocks. And I was in my, I think it was my second year of that program. And I went to a guest lecture by one of my professors who's talking about applying these types of analyses to uh, rocks on Mars. And that was like a light bulb moment for me, where I was like, "Wait a second, I can do this, but with space rocks instead of Earth rocks, which honestly are just way cooler." And so since then, I really never looked back. Um, I started applying to internships and did an internship at NASA. And you know, after that, I was hooked and knew that I wanted to do this for my career. And asteroids for me are particularly interesting because, you know, as I said earlier, they're really these windows into the early solar system they haven't changed they they record a moment in time four and a half billion years ago and it's pretty magical to be able to hold something in your hand that is you know represents that period of time in our history
0: awesome and Mm -hmm. how cool is it that you know there's something that you have such a big passion about is what you get to get paid to do for your career.
1: <laughs> oh, my parents don't believe that you know this is my real job. They're like, you shoot, you shoot rocks, at, you shoot lasers at space rocks? Like, I don't understand how you get paid for that.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. And as cool as it is, it's obviously important to talk about the importance of this research and what it accomplishes. Yeah, so I think the
1: easiest way to think about why studying asteroids in this type of research is important is just think about the movie Armageddon. So everybody's seen that and there's an asteroid hurling towards Earth and, you know, could be catastrophic for everybody uh, that lives on the planet. And so studying asteroids, it's not just about getting composition and, and understanding what they're made of. It's also about studying these processes that move asteroids around the solar system, change their orbits, what causes an asteroid from going from the main belt and then putting it onto a potentially Earth crossing orbit, which, you know, could result in a big impact. So. It's really important for planetary protection from like a really practical point of view, but it's also just exciting to, you know, to learn about the origin of our solar system and how we, how these organic molecules might've come to earth and how life on earth could have evolved.
0: Wow. Awesome stuff. You know, this obviously this current uh, uh, study that you're working on right now will probably keep you busy for a while, but uh, beyond that, what, what do you hope to kind of get to research next or beyond this?
1: Yeah, so one of the really exciting things about Hayabusa 2 is that it's one of two missions that is going or has gone to a carbonaceous asteroid. The other is a mission called OSIRIS-REx, and that one is being run by NASA. They just collected samples a few months ago, and they won't be back on Earth until 2023, Mm -hmm. but they're from a very similar type of asteroid. So in the next couple of years, we're going to be able to compare these samples from two asteroids that we've spent months and years analyzing and really get an idea of the diversity of different types of material on on these asteroidal surfaces so for me this is like a dream come true not one but two missions that are going on and this ability to kind of compare and contrast them is very exciting
0: that is really cool Um, if people want to follow along or learn more about this whether it's following along with your research or not but just interested in learning more about the study this research that's going on or what you do at purdue where can people go, or is there a place for them to follow along?
1: Yeah, they can check out my lab website, which you can get to through the Earth Atmospheric and Planetary Science webpage at Purdue, or you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is uh, MT. so I post a lot about the research I do and what my grad students are working on, so come check it
0: out. Awesome, cool, and for anybody who's watching this on the web or goes to the website, I will put those links on there for you guys as well, so make it easy for you. Awesome. Dr. Thompson, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything I've uh, failed to ask you that you feel is important enough to mention as well?
1: I would just say that, you know, for all, if there's any younger listeners out there who are thinking about going to college, going to Purdue, uh, this is an incredible institution and there are so many opportunities to get involved in space exploration here. If it's something that you dreamed about when you were younger, but never thought you could realistically make into a career, I'm here to tell you that you can. And don't be shy, reach out to me and talk to me about your interests and we can help, you know, get you on the right path.
0: That's awesome. Well said. Yes, of course, Purdue a great, uh, great place for that. Uh, No doubt about that. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yes, uh, it was great having you on the podcast and exciting to share this with our our listeners and viewers. Dr. Thompson, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. All right. Boiler up. Boiler up. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod, And you can always listen to, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and tune in. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.